This is They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. This week, we're going to be discussing one of our favorite actors. You know him from things such as Jurassic Park, Oz, Law & Order, SVU, Gotham, Mr. Robot, all sorts of other things. Mr. B.D. Wong. A.K.A. Bradley Daryl Wong. Which I didn't know that it stood for until this week, but now I know. Same here. Are you ready to get into it? Yep, let's oh, do it. Okie dokie. It actually never even occurred to me to look up what B.D. Wong stood for. That was just his name to me. Yeah, I, I assumed <laughs> it meant something, but yeah. I just never looked it up. Just like I never looked up what the J in Mary J. Blige stood for. <laughs> Jane. Well, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> She's named after we. All right, back to B.D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first thing that you can recall seeing him in? Well, I think it was probably Law & Order's Special Victims Unit good old SVU. Even though after looking at his IMDb, I'm definitely, I've seen him before that, but he's one of those actors that he's kind of just around in everything. Right. And then one day you're like, huh, you just like, he's everywhere. Yeah. Because you didn't realize you'd been watching him for years and years. And years <laughs> exactly. Already. So long way of me saying SVU, Law and Order. Okay. Pretty much the same. Uh, like you were saying, mm -hmm. there were things that he was in that I'd seen, but I didn't realize that he was in it, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that I do remember him in is probably Oz, even though that was around the same time as SVU. I don't remember. Yeah. Oz was 97 to 2003, and then SVU was 2001 to 2015. Okay. So he was on Oz first, although I had seen some things that he had been in before, like Father of the Bride. Mm -hmm. You've seen All American Girl, but I don't remember seeing yeah. it. I know I watched All American Girl for obvious reasons. Right. First TV sitcom with all Asian characters. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan of, and now, of course, I slip her name. Margaret Cho. <laughs> Margaret Cho. Of course, her name slips me out. I'm such a big fan that I just can't remember her name. <laughs> that woman. You know, that woman. Um, <laughs> sorry, Margaret. I'm bad with names. Yeah, I was a fan of Margaret Cho. So, of course, when she had a TV show and it being like your first Asian cast, I had to watch it. But I don't remember him specifically. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it since 1995. Right. So. But you will be watching it soon. Yes. The next day or so. We ordered the DVD. Like yes. the one DVD that was left on Amazon. <laughs> they had one left, so we bought it. And I also saw him in Jurassic Park, but obviously didn't remember him from right. Jurassic Park until going back and watching it again years later. Like, hey, there's B.D. Wong. Right. He's the scientist that started all of this. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it was 1993. He had a small but pivotal role. Yeah. So, I mean, he was on screen for, what, like 10 minutes? Maybe? If that. Yeah, but it was pivotal because he was the scientist that started it all. Right. But it was a very short scene. Because yes. <laughs> it was just one scene, too, right? When yeah. They, yeah, when they came in. Like, you see him briefly when they first arrive. Yeah, when they milling do like, around in the lab. Yeah, but he actually speaks for just a few minutes describing how they created the dinosaurs. Yeah. And I think that Law and Order, I remember him the most from that because it's like comfort viewing, which is kind of weird to say, consider it's a show about special victims. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the, the most violent of all the Law and Order <laughs> yes. shows. But it was one of those things that's like on all the time. So you just kind of have it on all the time. Yeah. And as you were just saying, it's like about violent crimes. But B.D. Wong was like this kind fixture in the yeah. show. Because he was the doctor, I think like forensic psychologist or something. So he would come in with those kind eyes and that <laughs> kind smile. and He was the calming voice in the room. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that also made him stand out against 
the backdrop of what this show is about yeah. and he'd be like the one nice thing <laughs> yeah, people getting beat up and murdered and tortured and here he comes just like oh, okay everybody yeah. calm down this is what happened and blah 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 and it's the same thing on oz to mm-hmm. playing uh father mukata there's all this madness going on <laughs> in this prison yes. and he's always the calming voice yeah no matter what the situation is they almost push him to the limit a few times mm-hmm. but he always pulls himself back he got beat up a couple of times. <laughs> yes, he, he's always getting beat up. He's been stabbed. Yes. I don't remember if he ever gets shot. He still believes in them and he, he still does. believes in helping them, though. You haven't seen it yet because we haven't finished the no. rewatch, but there does come a point where he's basically like, I'm tired of all of you. <laughs> and he snaps just a little bit. Understandably. But, but he comes back around. I mean, the prison is cold on top of it because he always has to wear his little prison issued (laughs) hoodie on top of his father uniform. (laughs) So like this man can't even be warm and he's being pushed around by these inmates when he's trying (laughs) to help them. (laughs) And and those are the characters that he plays in most of his movies and TV shows Mm -hmm. is someone that's always trying to help. Yeah. Someone who helps fix things or calms things down. He has like, because he's, perfect for it he has like this calming voice yeah and he has this like crinkle in his eye when he smiles so you just want to like tell him your problems <laughs> which is probably why he often plays doctors right. fathers, psychologists therapists and stuff so it works for him but i didn't end up finishing or continue to watch gotham with you well we started together but you kept watching i didn't but i think that was the first time i remembered him playing like a villain Right. He played Hugo Strange. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, Mr. Kind and Gentle can play a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he plays the complete opposite. And eventually his Jurassic Park character becomes an asshole as well. But right. not in the first movie. He yeah. isn't. But in the more recent ones, he kind of makes that that heel turn yeah. and becomes the villain. Yeah, he's like the assistant villain. <laughs> yeah, he's the junior villain. He helps the main villain. <laughs> yeah. But in Gotham, like mm-hmm. you said, he is a villain. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's a villain. He's more shifty than anything. Yeah. Like he's trying to serve himself. Right. Just because he wants to prove that he can fix it. Well, it's kind of like his other characters. He is trying to fix people yeah. in Arkham. And I just thought about it right now. But he's like trying to change them genetically. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not really trying to help him. He's just trying to further his own research and whatnot by experimenting on these yeah, <laughs> these okay. mental patients and <laughs> prisoners. But at the same time, he is very shifty in the show right. because he has no loyalties to anybody. Mm-hmm. Basically, whoever's going to help him or give him a deal, that's who he's going to work with. Okay. So if he's working with the police, they're like, hey, we'll let you go. Done. <laughs> I will give you all the information you need. If yeah. Fish Mooney shows up and she's like, you're going to work for me and fix my problems. He's like, cool. As long as you don't kill me, I'm rolling with you. So yeah. Hugo Strange had no loyalties. But that mustacheless chin strap that you got going. <laughs> and the shaved head. Yeah, you, you should watch it just for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Teddy Riley in the 90s. But Teddy Riley, when he have a couple little thin. Yeah, he had some some hair or a mustache and (laughs) connecting the goatee, but the chin strap, though. Yes. It was very 1990s. (laughs) So I think um, just kind of getting used to him playing like the nice doctor or, you know, the nice father or whatever, seeing him in Gotham, I'm like, hey, 
This is different. I can't remember if I saw him in Gotham first playing Hugo Strange or playing White Rose in Mr. Robot, where I saw that well, a, a shift from the type of character I was used to seeing him as. Probably Gotham, because yeah. I think that started earlier. But yeah. actually, actually no, you his know character probably came on the scene around the same time as Mr. Robot, though. So actually, it could have been both. I think Mr. Robot, because I think we started watching Gotham. Did we watch it after it had started? No, it was on the air. So because okay. Mr. Robot started. started 2015 and he made his appearance near the end of the first season. Right. Whereas Gotham started 2016, according to IMDb. Oh. So yeah, I, I guess it was first then. Yeah. I remember it differently. Maybe because we haven't gotten back to Mr. Robot. Yeah, because we watched Gotham as it was airing. And then went back to it when it was on Netflix and I caught up like a right. year ago. And I think we were watching Mr. Robot as it was airing. Well, yeah. we only watched the first season. We started the second mm-hmm. season. I don't recall. <laughs> we watched the first couple <laughs> episodes and haven't gone back to it yet. So right. it's on the to-do list. So when I was looking up his IMDb just to, you know, see stuff that he's been in that I could watch that I haven't seen him in. I decided to watch 1996 movie Executive Decision because I was like, oh, B.D. Wong as part of some U.S. Army Special Forces team. I haven't seen him shoot him up before. (laughs) So it's a movie about like terrorists seizing control of an airliner, blah, blah, blah. Your typical kind of like, you know, fantastical terrorist movie. Steven Seagal. I could not sit through Steven Seagal. (laughs) He had a small role. Like I said, he was part of the the special forces team, so his role wasn't big enough for me to sit. I could not do Steven Seagal. I saw it when it first came out, <laughs> and I haven't gone back to watch it because it was like him and Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, because when I first started, I was like, "Oh, John Leguizamo is in this movie too." Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then I forgot his name, but he was like the in a different world. He was supposed to marry Whitley before. Uh, oh yes, what's his name showed up and ruined the wedding. Yes, <laughs> just. <laughs> so he was in it too so i'm like all right some familiar faces but yeah i could not with steven seagal i don't know how he became a thing it oh. was the 90s side note remember when we went to that hotel in vegas and they had steven seagal paraphernalia in the hotel room it was we were staying at planet hollywood planet hollywood yeah i don't remember his stuff in the room i remember something from uh sylvester stallone but i don't remember his i'm pretty sure something there was something of his it was like it probably was because they had a few different things in there <laughs> It was like some clothing piece that he wore and it was right above the bathtub. And I was yeah, like, I why? <laughs> this is not something you want to see when you, you know, trying to relax in the jacuzzi. <laughs> I don't remember that. But all right. I just had to <laughs> go off on a little tangent for okay. a second. <laughs> and then we finally watched Bird Box. Yeah, we didn't watch we it. We watched it a couple days ago. Talking about it on the internet. Yeah. But... And I wish I hadn't watched it because he was only in it very briefly. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie was terrible, at least in my opinion. Yeah, it was just, uh, as they say, a nothing burger. <laughs> like, it was just like, all right, that's it. Yeah, it, it was a waste of two hours of my life that I'll never get back. Even in this movie, he's playing somebody who's caring and nurturing mm-hmm. and trying to save everybody in the neighborhood. Yep. And then he basically sacrifices himself yeah, because so, he knew there was some risks right. to what he was doing. So again, same type of character. All right, there's two more things that I want to mention, but okay. this can go into our next segment, All which right. is favorite performance. Mm-hmm. So would you like to talk about yours first? I'm going to say my favorite performance is when he did play Hugo Strange in Gotham. Okay. And for the reasons that we talked about previously, it was different than 
most of the things that we see him in. Because yeah. like I was saying, he was kind of shifty and mm-hmm. sketchy and basically playing both sides and right. whoever would help him out, that's mm-hmm. who he was going to help. He had no loyalty. So I think that would be my favorite one. And also, I didn't realize he was in it until <laughs> looking at his IMDb the other day, but he played a cockroach in Joe's apartment. And I like that movie for some <laughs> reason. It's terrible. Joe's apartment? Yeah. It's a movie. movie. It's a movie with <laughs> Jerry O'Connell and he's on a date. Okay. Or he has a date coming over and his apartment is just overrun with roaches <laughs> <laughs> and the roaches can talk. Okay. And they're having all these conversations with each other. Like they're singing, they're dancing, they're throwing <laughs> parties and shit. And he apparently was one of the voices of the roaches. Okay. I remember Dave Chappelle was a roach too and a couple other people, but uh, the movie's terrible. I would not recommend going to watch it if you haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. that also is my favorite performance because it's so stupid. I don't know that. <laughs> and I think I must have missed it when I was scanning his IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> we can look up some clips when we're done. Okay. Um, my favorite performance of him is playing Aquafina's daddy in Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Okay. I love watching him play awkward dad. <laughs> he is quite awkward. Because he has that kind, gentle, beady walk. Yeah. But then now you have this extra layer of him being like awkward single dad trying to get back into dating. <laughs> right. And this long hair. That yeah, the hair sporting. is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so that show is one of those shows where the um, side characters are actually better than the right. main character. I love her grandma, who was one of my favorite characters in Orange is the New Black, yeah. even though she didn't say a word. <laughs> and then her cousin is Bo and Yang, and he's hilarious. Right. You know, there's some folks feel some type of way about Aquafina, but I say it's worth watching just for the peripheral characters. Yeah, and that happens with a lot of TV shows that we watch <laughs> that we end up liking yeah. the side characters better yeah. than the actual star. Yeah, so that's actually my favorite because... It has elements of what I love about his character, which I've said 500 times already, that kind gentleness, but then that awkward dad, which we haven't seen him play. It's kind of like a funny, not kind of, it is a funny character. Yeah. It's a comedy. So it's a little different from what I've seen him in. I know he plays a comedic character in Father of the Bride, but I've never watched it. And this one, though, I didn't even realize that it was him Mm -hmm. until like halfway through the first episode when we were watching it. (laughs) Because the hair threw me off. <laughs> that long hair. Yeah, and I didn't like see the credits or anything. And yeah. I was like, is that B.D. Wong? <laughs> yeah, you usually see him like with short cropped hair yeah. or like bald sometimes. <laughs> so I was not expecting that to actually be him. It was like, oh, wait a minute, that is him. Yeah. And that made it even funnier. Well, and him have- walking around with the cut off sleeve t-shirts <laughs> as well. Didn't he have a ponytail in Father of the Bride? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like- I think he was like the wedding planner yeah. or something like that. I haven't seen the second one. I think he's in that one as well. Okay. But I've seen the first one. And yeah, he's just all over the place in that too. But mm-hmm. again, he's not in it very much, mm-hmm. but he's very recognizable and makes an impact. So okay. if you haven't seen it, you can check it out. <laughs> I like Steve Martin, so I can deal with <laughs> Beanie Wong not being in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Unlike some things we watch when we do our research, come to find out they're in the movie for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You got to sit through the rest. <laughs> and wonder when they're going to pop up again. <laughs> exactly. The last one I wanted to mention is him playing a warlock in American Horror Story. Yes. This one I would kind of consider an under the radar performance. Okay. Just because his role was small. I mean, like right. the American Horror Story series is definitely not under the radar. Like, right. It's a pretty popular series. But 
His role wasn't too big, but I really liked him in it because it was, again, typical B.D. Wong. He was one of the teachers at the school for young boys slash young warlocks. (laughs) And again, he was the one who was encouraging and just they had a potential student who they thought was going to become the big fancy supreme and they were administering tests on him and bd wong was like proud papa proud teacher when he was just going through all the tests passing the tests with flying colors and just doing all sorts of things and he would just sit there beaming every time he passed a test (laughs) (laughs) yeah that season was funny for me because you had him in it you had billy porter in it and I can't think of the guy's name, but he was like the lead of the, the yeah. warlock group. And, and he, he was in Ratchet as well. And and he played the, the dad. Of in Versace. Versace. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The guy who killed Versace. Andrew Cunanan. His dad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a much bigger role right. in that American Horror Story season. He was pretty good in it, too. Yeah. So the fact that they brought all these men in yeah. kind of flipped it up a little bit. And they uh-huh. were all just assholes, basically. <laughs> and I, I like that. It was just funny because they were like, in the history of warlocks, no man has ever made it. <laughs> and that's all they wanted. level four. And they were just, they were trying so hard for this guy to become the first male supreme. He was going to be the Michael Jordan of warlocks. <laughs> yep. So I definitely want to rewatch that season, though, just okay. because I don't really remember it. And the thing about the American Horror Story series is... So it's mostly terror and <laughs> terror and horror, but they make everything look so beautiful at yeah. the same time that it's makes aesthetically pleasing it is very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> so i don't quite remember that season too much i watched a couple episodes for this but i don't remember the whole story yeah i do but i'm not gonna spend time on it here if people would like to watch it they can <laughs> but i remember enjoying it yes that's one of the seasons that i actually watched all the way through yes because i kind of skip around when it comes to <laughs> american horror story I've been meaning to watch all of them, but we just, there's a lot of things to watch. Yeah, there's a a couple up that we miss. The Freak Show and the most recent one as well. Okay, and now I said there's like one last thing I wanted to talk about, but now there's a couple more things. Okay. I used to love Nurse Jackie, so apparently he was in like one episode there, but I don't remember that either. And then there was this other TV show called Awake. So it was in 2012, and he plays a therapist. And I feel like I've watched this show. I remember the trailer. Yeah. But I don't think I ever watched it, okay. and I don't remember if you did. I want to watch it. So it's interesting, an interesting premise. So this man gets into a car accident where his wife and his son dies. But when he wakes up, he has these two alternating parallel lives, one where his wife's alive and one where his son is alive. Right. And B.D. Wong plays one of the therapists in one of these alternate realities. So it's an interesting premise. And it looks like most of the the ratings seem pretty good. And I feel like B.D. has a pretty substantial role playing one of the therapists. But I couldn't find anywhere to stream it. (laughs) I'm sure it's available somewhere. So I would like to watch that. I don't know if I'm going back to watch it because I feel like I did. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I do remember that Mm -hmm. I didn't. But like I said, I don't remember if it was something you were watching on your own or not. But I do remember the trailer because I looked at it the other day. Well, if it came out in 2012, we were already married by then. Yeah. So if I was watching it, either you were watching it too, or you would have known I was watching it. (laughs) Not necessarily. (laughs) There's some stuff that I watch without (laughs) you and you watch without me. True. But that's because I don't want to watch it. That could have been one of them. (laughs) So I don't know. All right. 
So just looking at his IMDb, there was a lot of stuff that I just never watched. But like I was saying at the beginning, he's one of those people that just kind of always seems to be in things. Right. But it wasn't until I was doing research for this that I realized just how how much, like how (laughs) talented he is in terms of playing such different types of characters and that he's been doing this for 30 plus years. And by the time I saw who he was, he was already an accomplished actor because he had won a Tony way back in 1988 (laughs) for a Broadway show for M. Butterfly, Mm -hmm. which is also how he became B.D. Wong. Yes, because they didn't want to spoil the, the twist in the play. So, right, so he went from Bradley Darrell to <laughs> BD. Yeah. So just this is not really a spoiler, is it? But like the character he played in M. Butterfly didn't know if it was a man or a woman. Right. <laughs> so they asked him to bill himself as BD Wong instead of Bradley Darrell Wong. <laughs> yes. And in 1988, you can get away with that because yeah. people aren't seeing the review on Twitter instantly after someone leaves the theater. Right. And it just stuck. I mean, it has a. I think B.D. Wong kind of sounds like a fancier stage name than just Brad Wong. (laughs) But But I don't know if you noticed, but in his IMDb in the early days, he spelled Brad with With two two D's. D's, Yep. (laughs) I did see that. (laughs) Brad. (laughs) So another thing I like to do when we do research is just to, you know, look up random interviews and this and that. So my favorite thing that I stumbled upon was B.D. Wong reads thirst tweets. We'll link to that in the show notes and in the transcripts. But even him reading the thirst tweets, he's still responding to it in the B.D. Wong kind of way. Some of them. Well, <laughs> there, I mean, there were a couple of them where he, he got a little filthy. He did. But I mean, <laughs> in the, the sense that he still did it in that like nice dad voice. Right. So that's what makes it even funnier <laughs> that he's getting filthy while still maintaining <laughs> yes. this like, I'm just a nice dad. While wearing <laughs> his nice... Aquafina is Nora from Queens hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is hilarious. I would definitely recommend watching that just to get a laugh. And we could also link to him eating the perfect chicken wing or <sighs> telling people how to eat chicken wings the perfect way or something like that yeah it's a little gq piece um with his fancy suit on <laughs> and he's basically skinning chicken wings so you need to watch that so then you can get one of the thirst tweets yes so watch the chicken that. wing one first <laughs> and then the thirst tweets second yes and we will link to both on the website <laughs> that's all you got that's all i get okay so did you give your under the radar perform? Oh, you didn't. I did not. So I said my under the radar performance of his was Baldwin Pennypacker in American (laughs) Horror Story. What's yours? Uh, I'm going to go back to Oz. Okay. Because it's been so long and people probably don't remember it, but him as Father Ray in Oz. Okay. That's a a nice low profile one that people probably (laughs) have forgotten about or maybe never even seen. I need to go back and finish that. Yeah, it's a wild ride. (laughs) That's why we had to take a break. I was like, I think I've watched enough prison shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans is a good word. (laughs) I didn't realize how theatrical it was until you pointed it out. Yes, it feels very stage play. Watching it in real time, (laughs) it didn't seem as much. Mm -hmm. But now looking back at it 20 years later Mm -hmm. and seeing all the random cuts in the audio choices and the you know how they do on in stage place where they have like the spotlight yeah shining down and everything else is dark so it's very interesting to watch later so (laughs) i'm gonna suggest that all right
great. Do you have anything you would like to add about BD Wong before we wrap this up? Uh, my suggestion, if you're not too familiar with him, is pretty much what you were saying, which is Oz. But then if you don't really want to watch prison antics, then I would say Aquafina is Nora from Queens. If you want something a little more lighthearted. Right. Where he's just funny and yep. a dad. <laughs> yep. And if you want something in the middle ground, go with Gotham. Like yeah. he's playing Hugo Strange. <laughs> he's a little bit villainous. He's a little bit funny. <laughs> so you get both. Yeah. All right. So going to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. We would like to thank you all for coming back to listen to They Reminisce Over You. If you haven't done so already, make sure to rate and subscribe on your podcast service of choice. That way we can move up the charts and get noticed. And then we can turn this into a TV show and then take <laughs> okay. it on the road and then <laughs> turn it into a movie and all that good stuff. Turn so, it into a movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> if Carrie Bradshaw can have her podcasting career in movie or TV show, then we can too. Sure. <laughs> Also, uh, you can check out our playlists on Spotify. We link to those on the website as well. So make sure to go check out our website at Mm troypodcast.com. You can see transcripts, links to things that we've mentioned on the show. So you can kind of keep up with what we're saying. So go ahead and check that out as well. Make sure to follow us on social at Troy Podcast. Pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, not Facebook. Everywhere as in just Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got a Black Black Planet page as well. Oh, that you don't. I have not gone back to it since I signed up for it, (laughs) but it exists. If there's anybody on Black Planet, go check it out. Okay. You and Solange. (laughs) Yeah, me and Solange. (laughs) And Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. (laughs) No, he invested in MySpace. My bad. Uh, On that note, we're going to get out of here and sign off now. So we will see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.